Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. This is Kim Greenhouse. I have to tell you that today's segment really excites me. And it excites me because as we're watching the banks crash and burn and people get hurt and lose their money and foreclosures happen, not only in the United States, but around the world, People have been looking for loopholes or anything within the law, the lawful means in which to gain their power back and gain their authority back over their land, over their properties. In my consulting business and in the rainmaking business, I am constantly looking for people who could benefit from new knowledge and solutions to their problems, which will address their concerns not only after they're having difficulty, but before, so that they don't have the difficulty. And much to my surprise, I've just learned that the real estate business and real estate is not the same thing as owning your own land. That when you own title to land, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're the owner of your land. It just means that you're a tenant on the land. So I've called upon somebody who does what's called land patents. His name is Alan Kriglow. He has a website called landpatent.us. And I think you're going to be very amazed when you hear the inner workings behind the scenes of land and what you can do, remedies that you have available to you to make sure you own your land outright. His site opens with regain control of your land through a land patent process. Ladies and gentlemen, Alan Krieglow, welcome to the show. Thank you. What do you mean we don't own our land? How is this possible? And how is it possible that 99% of us plus don't know that when we have title to our land, we don't own it? Well, it, it says, if you read what it says on the ownership documents, it'll often say that, uh, like a couple, is tenants in common. They own the land as tenants in common and not by the entirety or whatever. Right there it says you're a tenant. Uh, a little background might help. When people came over from England or wherever they came from, the system of land ownership or of property ownership in England and Europe was that the king owned all the land and the people had various rights to property, but they didn't own the underlying land, so the king owned the whole country. There was a system called fealty or a feudal system where one owed a feud, <laughs> uh, which was an obligation to uh, the king or to whoever you owned who was underneath the king. That is the feudal system. When this country was opened up, and they wanted to have a different system here, they chose deliberately to make sure that the people who populated the newly found country were landowners. And so the United States government issued land patents or letters made patent, which was a grant of absolute ownership of a certain amount of land. And if you wanted to get one of these land patents, you had to pay for the survey a surveyor would do the survey and indicate exactly, you know, what land you owned. You had to pay the surveyor's fee. Some people say that that's the source of the term fee, but uh, it also goes back to, um, we don't want to get too many complications here, but the word fee was used uh, in the feudal system as well. 
So basically, the people that came to the United States, the original people here who ran things, were still established in a feudal system. And therefore, that's what we have. Is that the bottom line? No, no. What happened was, initially, there were grants of land to people in all of the 13 colonies from the king. And uh, it was necessary for the king to induce people to come, in some cases, for him to give absolute ownership of, of that land to whoever it was. Once we won the Revolutionary War, the desire was to see to it that the people who populated the nation were landowners. And so people were given grants of land. It was absolute ownership to the grantee, his heirs, and the signs forever. So it, it's pretty obvious that if land was given with absolute ownership, and that absolute ownership was to be for the benefit of the grantee, his heirs, and the signs forever, that means that everyone who inherited from that grantee and everyone who the grantee sold to and who they sold to and who they sold to, everyone was to have this absolute ownership. Now, what happened was that there's always been this tension between freedom and banking interests. Once there was a real test of the bank's ability to have control of the country in the 30s, they started to do a full-court press with the law community to make people forget all about exactly how to record ownership of land. What was encouraged was to get title insurance and to simply record the deed without signing it or accepting it. All of these are huge mistakes and have resulted in people believing that they own land when they haven't even accepted the deed, let alone brought the original land patent forward for their benefit. So it's just simply because of, of people not knowing that the proper approach to recording and ensuring uh, land ownership is, has happened. Let me give you an example of something this reminds me of. Like in this scenario, as you're describing it, a standard protocol was instituted regarding owning the title, but not the land itself. And that took hold so that that's what people were focused on was owning the title rather than owning the land. If that protocol weren't instituted, then maybe more people would know that they don't own their land. Do you see? And it reminds me of the broadcasting industry. The whole matrix of advertising got built with the Nielsen ratings and the Nielsen box. And so that standard, that mechanism was infused into the structure so that that became the ground by which advertising got bought and sold in order to roll out programming. And that reminds me of this mechanism that got instituted as a protocol. Real estate became the language used instead of a landowner. And owning title became the focus versus the correct protocol to own the land itself. Am I correct? That's true. And one thing that people tend to forget is that the ownership rights to property are broken up into different pieces. And the only way that you can have all those pieces in your hands is if you own all of them. So people just overlook the fact that they need to secure the their ownership of the land, not realizing that that is separate from the ownership of what is called the appurtenances. I think it's A-P-U-R-T-E-N-A-N-C-E-S, the appurtenances. 
Now, interestingly, I think the pure understanding of land versus appurtenances is that the land is the empty space within the boundaries of the property. The word land in that understanding doesn't even include the soil or the dirt. With that understanding, the dirt, the trees, any buildings on the property, all that is appurtenances. And so one has appurtenant rights to the land, the building, all that. However, if you don't own the land, then you only own the appurtenant rights. So this could be very complicated and murky because what if you have wells, water wells, and you have minerals on that land? So you own the title. As you know, one one can sell the mineral rights and still own the right to live there and farm there or whatever. Right. It's referred to as a bundle of rights. There are many different kinds of rights. There are air rights. There are water rights. There are mineral rights, riparian rights for a person who owns property that's next to a stream or a river, all those different rights can be separated or can be held all together. And uh, if you own a lodial title, as it's referred to, then you own all of the rights that one could own in connection with the property, including the land. When you say a lodial title, what does that mean? Is that the same as a land patent? A lodial title is basically what the king owns when he both owns the land and owns everything else about the property. Okay. It's called owning property in a lodium, or it means you got everything in your hands. And that would be expressed in a land patent. The land patent gave absolute ownership, so it basically gave the new owners the same ownership that a king would have over the property that they had just purchased. So they would own the land, they would own all the pertinent rights, and all the hereditary rights. So they have the right to pass it on to their heirs. They also have all the other rights associated with the land. If, in fact, getting a land patent is the highest form of title known in law, superior, as you say, to any other claimant, including government, attempting to take by eminent domain, a bank with a sheriff sale deed, a purchaser in a property tax sale with a tax sale deed or anyone else. Possession of the land patent means you own the land patent, absolutely. That's on your website. I'm reading that just now. So how is it now, since you do this for a living for people, what is the standing that people have legally to their land patents? The law has not been followed properly. What what you just read is basically a summary of Supreme Court decisions on the subject. The Supreme Court is supposed to to say the applicable law for all district courts, but there is so much pressure from the banking interests and other interests that do not want people to be empowered that in many instances the district courts will do everything they can to avoid being pushed into applying the Supreme Court decisions that actually should apply. So when people are losing their homes the last few years, given the surge of foreclosures, A lot of people were told, make the banks produce the note. And a lot of people thought that then they had standing because, of course, the banks can't produce the note. And they credit default swapped and did derivatives and all kinds of other transactions where nobody knew where anything was anymore. You know, it's like five or six transactions down the rabbit hole. So a lot of people thought they had standing when they asked the bank to produce the note and they could buy time and avoid their foreclosure. But even asking the banks to produce the note won't work unless you have a land patent. Am I correct or incorrect? I wouldn't say that that necessarily follows. It's more a matter of, at least, and I'm not a legal expert, but this, I'm just an observer. 
it seems that what really matters is what circuit you're in and whether or not the circuit that you're in, the district courts, is applying that rule that the bank must be able to produce the note. In some, that is absolutely required. In some, it's not. It's a power struggle between the extremely powerful banking interests and the way things ought to be according to applicable Supreme Court decisions. But the thing that people should understand is that the fraud involved in banking is becoming so widely understood and the power of those who've been running the planet has come to have the appearance of the king without any clothes that situation is changing, and that's the reason why people are having uh, some success in stopping foreclosures by challenging the bank uh, with respect to the note. I think that having absolute ownership of your land, according to Supreme Court decisions, is a great help because it, you, know, you have that. But judges who have found in favor of people on that basis alone have found themselves murdered. <laughs> so this is very serious kind of business from the point of view of the judge to find on that basis. So if one is fighting a foreclosure, it makes sense to uh, have possession of the land patent, but also to attack all of the violations of law and the mistakes that were made by the foreclosing attorneys. In many instances, for example, the institution that was supposedly the trustee of the trust that owned all of the securitized notes has ceased to make proper filings with the Securities and Exchange Commission, and therefore is not a valid trustee. The trust has basically lapsed for want of following the rules. So that's another basis that one can pursue. The land patent does confer the status of absolute ownership, but it's a little bit like taking a knife to a gunfight if, if that's all you got. Some people do follow the law. Some judges follow the law. Some counties follow the law with respect to property taxation. There's so many different contexts in which people try to enforce their rights that a homeowner, a property owner, who goes uh, into court, depending on what circuit they're in, on other circumstances, the land patent may weigh heavily, the land patent may have very little weight at all. It just depends on a number of things. It doesn't hurt because it has you have the law on your side, but as I said, the law is sometimes ignored and sometimes not. You say that it's on your website that the law that makes the land patent so powerful is not a bunch of patriot myths. It's a positive law enforceable in federal court. And so basically it's enforceable in federal court if you have a judge that's honoring the constitutional framework in which this was created. Is that correct? It's not just that. If all you have going for you is the land patent, at the moment it's not the strongest position to be holding because the courts are under such pressure not to find on that basis. But if you have the land patent plus, you can show that the bank does not hold, you know, have a note, plus you can show perhaps that they are not a valid trustee or whatever other mistakes that you can find, the land patent certainly doesn't hurt. And it gives you a, a lawful status, but you've got to remember the difference between lawful and legal is a big difference, and many of the courts simply ignore what's lawful in favor of what they call color of law, which is also termed legal. So color of law is what is assumed to be law or pretended to be law, and it's often not at all the same as, as what uh, it should be. I want you to explain to us terms. What does de jure government mean? De jure government means according to law. The opposite of de jure would be de facto. For example, 
if a bunch of criminals were to take over a state sometime in the past, those criminals could be said to be a de facto government for the state. But if the state got cleaned up and it was governed the way it should be according to the state's constitution and all the applicable laws, then that would be a return to de jure government. Well, it happens that the entire country and all the states are in the situation where a corporation, when the District of Columbia Enabling Act, or no, that's not the term, but anyway, when the District of Columbia Corporation was created in 1871, then that became a corporation to pretend to be the United States government. And at first everyone understood that, and then over time it was forgotten and it was they behaved as if they were the government. They expanded the jurisdiction of the United States, as they put it, and uh, the United States being what they called the District of Columbia Corporation within the was 10 miles square and is now less than that in the District of Columbia. The so-called government that we have running the country at the moment is the District of Columbia Corporation doing business as the United States. That's what it is. And all the states have been incorporated as subcorporations of that same District of Columbia Corporation doing business as the United States of America. Have you verified the documents for this? Sure. It's it, it, You can look up the, I'm sorry that I have the wrong word. It's not the District of Columbia Enabling Act, but it's the District of Columbia something or other act. It's referred to as the Act of 1871, and it created a corporation Congress acted in a constitutional manner when they created that corporation, but that corporation started to behave as if it were the, the lawful government, and that's where the uh, problem came in, because the bankers basically said, thank you very much, we'll now operate through this new corporation and take over as the government. So what is the reason if a person is not losing their home and they're about to buy property or what we call real estate, why should they have a land patent? Well, if they're in the process of purchasing real estate, they can't really instantly have possession of the land patent at closing. They need to bring the land patent forward for their benefits. So they first need a valid deed, and it helps if they have accepted their deed and acknowledged it, because the deed is basically an offer. And if one goes along with the hustle that happens at most real estate closings, you see the deed, you're told it's going to be recorded, and you never have a chance to sign and accept the deed. That's a mistake because it's an offer which until accepted means that you don't really own what you are buying. Let's talk about how that would be instituted with a real estate agent today. If a real estate agent was selling a property to, let's say, one of the audience members, the right thing to do would be at the point of the sale to make... Simply don't, don't let the deed stay in someone else's hand. Say, let me see that, please. Sign it saying accepted, doesn't such state. That would be a quick way to handle it. Accepted? Because it's an offer. You need to accept it. Where is it accepted? On a, just a regular piece of paper? Are you saying this is a typed-up thing? Are you writing it on the deed? I would write it on the deed. Accepted, acknowledged, and delivered to me, such and such date. See, the deed form doesn't have a place for you to do that because it's all part of a big con job. The form itself is defective because it should have a place for the acceptance to be done. Okay, so let's talk about the distinction between registering and recording land titles. Whenever something is registered, it means that it's given over to the king, regis, regal. So registering, let's take a different example, because many people don't realize that the document that documents a live birth is registered, which means that the infant is, by that registration, given over to the state. So 
when a mother signs whatever the document is called that documents the birth of her child, first of all, she signs her maiden name. Her husband is not listed on there, so it, it appears from that that she is not married. She signs not as the mother, but as some strange term like witness or something. It's clear if you look at it with your eyes open that she's doing something other than simply confirming that the baby was born. She's basically registering that child with the state. That's so registering has a completely different legal connotation. Let's talk about the concept of recording a land title. How would that work? Often the recorder's office is called the Register of Deeds. So in a sense, one is giving over the title to the county by doing that. See, the whole system is so screwed up that it's difficult to behave in a way which preserves your rights unless you uh, kind of go against the what everyone's expecting of you. There appears to be no way to record the land title because, in fact, there's no real provision for it in the process. Is that correct? I wouldn't go that far. Well, that's what you just said. So well, where are we? I was about to correct that point. Let me say it a little different way. When in the land patent process, the client is encouraged or instructed to sign a document which is an acceptance and acknowledgement of, of the deed that is already on record in the recorder's office. And this is to correct a mistake in the record. Doing that means that now you actually own the property that was deeded to you. And then the rest of the land patent process is recorded in the Republic Records Bureau so that the land patent is not put into the jurisdiction of this corporate fictional county. The governments of the counties and the states and the United States Corporation, they're all corporate. And we are, there's an awakening process that's happening right now, and we're very likely going back to a constitutional government's governance fairly soon because people are waking up, and also because the government that we have is basically on very thin ice financially and is in the process of, of losing its ability to bribe everyone into submission. Okay, so what does this mean for the First Nations people who apparently the government acknowledges that they have to settle the issue of the land claims with the First Nation people? But what does this mean? Can they have land patents? No, I'm not. You're getting me into an area that I'm not uh, expertise, have no expertise on. That is the rights of Native peoples to various lands that were ceded to them by treaty or whatever. That's something I can't really speak to. Some uh, land that was granted to Native peoples is the subject of land patent when that land was returned to the United States government, and then a land patent was issued to give it to someone. But that's an area that I, I have very little concrete expertise in, and I, I've simply come across that situation on occasion. So who's calling you to do land patents? What are people under the assumption by the time they pick up the phone to you, they've either been referred to you or they've heard about you through some type of writing on the Internet or some type of audio or video? All over the map. Various people, sometimes they're trying to get out from under a foreclosure, and I, I have to tell them that the land patent may help, but it's not the whole story, at least not at the moment. Sometimes they want to get out from under property tax. According to Supreme Court decisions, there is no property tax owned on land that is subject to land patent. In other words, if it's an absolute ownership, and, and that means no one has the right to tax it. 
On the other hand, counties routinely issue property tax bills, and they presume to foreclose on property where the property taxes are not paid. On the other hand, uh, there is the position, which I believe is the case, that just about all those state statutes that make provision for property tax are so vague that they are constitutionally void for vagueness. And also, the, there is the Supreme Court law that says that land that is subject to the land patent is not subject to property tax. So some counties, when they're instructed, it's part of the routine procedure that the county is is instructed to take the property that was just where we, a land patent was just brought forward for the client, take that property off the tax rolls. Some counties do so, and they simply take the property off the tax rolls and stop charging property tax. Others, because they don't want to give up that revenue and are simply more inclined to be belligerent on the subject, they will continue to issue property tax bills and basically take the position of sue us. So, you have the law on your side, but you have you have to do whatever it takes to enforce your rights. I'm sure that they assume that nobody or very few people are going to exercise their rights based on assumption. Let me explain something to you. I just did a piece the other day where a team of people wrote a book, a memoir about their lives. The book was retitled and repackaged. It was then picked up by the producer of the Harry Potter movie, and it's going to be made into a movie with a massive merchandising arm. They found thousands of places in the book where exact words were used, exact phrases, exact themes. And one of the things that the attorneys behind the scenes told them and advised them was that publishing companies don't care if they're involved in copyright infringement. And even when people get attorneys, they just drain them and the authors that have been ripped off because they are betting that nobody's going to have enough money to come up against them and that most people won't sue. So it reminds me similarly in this situation, the counties some or many will assume that most people will not enforce their rights. There's an assumption. Even if 20% do, 80% don't. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure you're correct. So it's like that scenario. It's a lot of hassle to, to try to enforce your rights. And we're coming into a situation where there's going to be a turnaround on that whole situation, but it hasn't happened very visibly yet. Yeah, well, you'd have to have way more critical mass of people knowing exactly what to do and the specificity of moving forward together in whatever their specifics are, you know? I think it's worth understanding that the mechanics of this are more in the area of collective consciousness. Yes, of course. The consciousness can shift very much like the psychology in a football or basketball game. It can be a subtle thing, but all of a sudden the consciousness has shifted. Yeah, well, we're all part of that consciousness that's shifting. And this is a question of consciousness. But I will tell you, I've seen so many people on forums talking about love and light and shifting and, <laughs> and all this stuff, which is great, right? But yeah. very few people taking full authority of their lives and really taking dominion in their own hands. Very few people take full authority for what's happening. 98% of all this is your mental state. It's true for almost everything. One way to language that is to say you need to know who you are. Yeah, indeed. And and one understanding of that is that you are that which created everything you see, including the stars and all that. So the more you can embody that status as the creator of the universe, and you know this gets into religious understanding. And we're not really going to go there because that's no, that's that, 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 that is. Fine. But yeah, knowing who you are 
in whatever sense you can understand that, is at the core of this. So talk a little bit about the distinction between or the gravitational authority of having a land patent versus a homestead. What's the difference? Well, a homestead is a statutory thing. The Wait, what does uh, that mean? Articulate well, it, the home, there, there, was a homes, there were homestead laws, and the different states have different provisions with regard to what homestead means. For example, in Iowa, you have a right to keep a certain amount of money from the proceeds of your homestead home. Oftentimes, when one signs a mortgage, you sign away your homestead rights. So that, that those are there are laws that govern what homestead means in each state, and it's different in different states. Okay. The land patent is basically a contractual thing between the United States government and the original grantee and his that grantees heirs and assigns forever. There is a constitutional provision protecting the contract rights. And so it's a constitutional matter as to the fact that one has a, a right to enforce the contractual rights that one has by virtue of having accepted the land patent, brought it forward for your own benefit as an intended beneficiary of that contract between the United States government and the original grantee. Now, in different states, there are different availability of land patents. And in the original 13 colonies, some of those colonies, there are land patents. For example, one of the original land patents was to the state of Pennsylvania, which then issued for, I guess, the, the governor of Pennsylvania probably issued land patents under that. Other of the original colonies don't have any land patents, but you can do the same land patent process by citing the original grant that the king granted to whomever back in the 1600s, for example, when when the colonies were just getting founded. How long does it take you to do a land patent? Oh, it's once I have everything that I that I need, it's fairly quick. It's just a matter of filling out paperwork. Can it be done electronically? By someone who knew what they were doing and had all the right understandings, yeah. Can you file for land patents for your customers electronically, yes or no? No, I don't do it that way, and I, there's no arrangement for that. Is there a reason that there's no arrangement? Well, whenever you make th- something too loose, the people who don't know what they're doing will screw it up. My question is about you as a professional. I understand that you do this manually. Okay, I get it. And you send it through registered mail? How do you do it? Well, the sequence is yeah. the client sends me all of the documents that I would need to have in addition to the documents that I write up. That would be a copy of the land patent itself from the Bureau of Land Management of the Department of the Interior, a certified copy of that, a certified copy of their deed, all of the information about how to contact the recorder's office and the tax assessor's office, and other information such as the full names of, of the property owners. And then with all of that information I'm in a position to fill out everything I need to fill out for the six or seven documents, and it depends on whether the property is their primary residence as to whether it's six or seven, that need to be filled out in order to do a proper filing for the land patent. Then those documents get sent to the landowner or to the property owner for signing and uh, witnessing, and in some cases they have to do it in front of a notary. So then all that comes back to me. I put everything together and send it into the Republic Records Bureau, where they record everything that is part of the land patent process. They record the whole set of documents. 
and then send those documents to the landowner for permanent keeping. And that's basically the process. That's what they, that's what happens. What's usually the time frame once everything is signed on by the client, usually, where they know they've got it? I mean, once they've signed the documents I prepared? Yes. Oh, well, they send everything, they send those documents back to me and I mail everything to the Republic Records Bureau. The Republic Records Bureau photographs everything and makes a permanent record in their files of everything that was sent in. They return the paper documents to the owner. The owner then also is encouraged to promptly post a public notice, ideally on the bulletin board outside the recorder's office, if that's available. They also record the notice of acceptance, acknowledgement, and delivery of the deed to correct the existing mistake or the error in the public record in the recorder's office. Have you ever come across a situation when you went to correct the deed that the correction was denied? Yeah. And then what? Well, there's a procedure to follow in that case. Okay. There, and the property owner is encouraged to mail those documents to the recorder's office with $21 in postage to make sure that they have a constitutional right to a jury trial. for the $21 in stamps, I should say, not just postage. If the recorder's office then returns that mailing to them saying recording denied, then that is documentary evidence that the recorder's office has violated the law. And if the property owner wants to sue them, then they have the evidence in hand that, that's, that they've done that. Do you like your work? I like being able to help people. It's something that I feel is helpful to uh, some people, and some people are expecting too much of it. Yes, I like it. Talk about how real estate got started, the term real estate, because we're not talking about land ownership then. Well, remember that real estate is understood by everyone to be a bundle of rights. They just don't mention that ownership of the land is not included unless you go to some unusual steps to secure your ownership. Now, it used to be that the standard way of transferring ownership of land was to bring the land patent forward for one's benefit. Or, for example, the original grantee of the land patent, the the person who received the original grant of absolute ownership from the United States government, would simply give a quitclaim deed to someone that he wanted to sell the property to. And then maybe they would do a quick claim deed to the person when they sold it. We have actually seen, it wasn't one of my clients, but there was someone who came into the land patent process with no warranty deeds whatsoever in the chain of title. It all went back to the land patent, 17 of them, 17 quick claim deeds. Wow. So, so that the this business of, of a warranty deed where the seller warrants that there's good title And in order to back that up, there is a a title insurance policy issue. This is just a bunch of obfuscation to make people forget what really gives one ownership of land. Wow, that's powerful. There's nothing wrong with a warranty deed, but it should be accepted and the land patent should be brought forward on the strength of that warranty deed. The warranty deed does give you the potential of ownership of the land, but the warranty deed needs to have been accepted. And then the land patent needs to be brought forward for the benefit of the new grantee of the warranty deed. Fascinating. Is it true that all land patents say nothing about property taxes, nothing about easements, nothing about eminent domain, nothing about zoning rules and regulations? No, remember that the vast majority of the land patents were issued back in the 1800s. So it has nothing to do with all this stuff. 
No, but the Supreme Court has made a number of decisions that relate to those subjects. If one has lawful possession of the land patent, then one does not owe any property tax. But the courts bend over backwards in some cases to ignore those decisions. Well, listen, Alan Kriglo, it was very, very interesting to talk with you. And for those of you who would like to contact Alan, can go to landpatent.us. His phone number is there. And I just want to thank you for being with us and sharing with us about land patents. I'm sure you will get a lot of calls from this interview, and hopefully many people will look deeper into this and take the necessary authority to protect themselves and to secure the ground. May I say one word about the website? Sure. There is a a glitch in the way that Internet Explorer displays the website. It is best viewed in anything other than Internet Explorer. Okay, very good. Internet Explorer pushes everything over to the right, and if you... If you look there, it's there, but it looks as if there's nothing there when you view it in Internet Explorer. Sounds like it needs to be transitioned over to a WordPress blog, and therefore all this will get taken care of. That might help. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Alan. You're welcome.